So just yeah. So that that moment, it's a kind of I feel uh, the joy, and at the same time we mourn because of my brother died. But in my in my own uh, understanding, is it okay? Uh, one soul left, but most of the soul got saved. Yeah. So yeah, praise to God for that. Amen. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Joanne. That was excellent. Give her a hand. We're very proud of you. And how's your family doing now? Um, they're doing great. Um, every time I went home, it's uh, totally different okay. from before. And we have more freedom now to, to express our feelings, being a Christian mm. family. Yeah, we pray together. We trust God in everything. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Joanne. That's Thank such a you. powerful story. Thanks for sharing. What's amazing about that story that we can all be reminded of is the simple fact that even in the midst of very sudden, what Joanne didn't say is that her brother's passing was completely unexpected. There was no prediction. No one could have known that it would happen. It was a phone call, and she found out. And in that moment, she had a decision. She, she certainly was going to mourn, but not only did she mourn, but she looked for an opportunity to share the reason for the hope that she had in Jesus, to share him with her family. Some 2,000 years ago, a group of shepherds heard that a baby was going to be born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem didn't make sense because it was a small town four miles south, or about six kilometers, I guess, five and a half kilometers south of Jerusalem. It wasn't an important place except for its nickname as the city of David. And there'd been predictions for thousands of years or for about 700 years, not thousands, sorry, my math is wrong, that the Messiah would come from the city of David. But much of that had been forgotten. Much of that had been left behind. And then all of the sudden, a group of shepherds, kind of lowly on the totem pole, they were considered unclean because they dealt with dirty animals. They, they weren't certainly high up the food chain. But one of the reasons I believe Luke uses them in the story is because shepherds had no reason to lie. Their testimony wouldn't have been as believed as Zacharias would have that we heard about a minute ago. They wouldn't have, no one would have believed if they'd made up a story like this. And instead they were told that the Messiah was born. And what did they do with that message? Well, when they had seen him, they spread the word. They proclaimed that the Messiah is here, that Jesus is with us. They didn't keep him to themselves. They told everyone about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Christmas can be about a lot of things, and it is a joy. It's a joy to see some of you that are from family that have traveled all over the world, that you're back with us this Sunday. Welcome home. Or welcome back to your Hong Kong family. It can be for the kids. It can be the excitement of opening gifts. Some of you have mean parents like Melissa and I that told your children that they have to wait till after church to open gifts. Sorry about that. But you see, the interesting thing is when Jesus was born, the shepherds told everyone just what they saw. They didn't come up with a slick message of 10 points to believe that he was here. 
They merely testified, proclaimed, told, shared, however you want to say it, what they'd seen. They had seen a miraculous birth. They had seen God at work. They had seen angels from on high rejoicing in the newborn king. And so what did they do? They told everybody. And interestingly enough, 2,000 years and many languages in between, the story hasn't changed. A virgin would conceive and give birth to a child and he will be called Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. This Christmas, I pray that not only do we worship him, but we tell others that the Messiah is here, he is with us, and he's coming back to bring all who would call on his name, all who would believe he is who he says he is, all who would believe that he's the only way to the Father, but that all are invited in. I pray that we would be a people that tell everyone that this Christmas, not only do we worship him, but we tell the world, Christ, the Messiah, is born. I'm going to have the ushers come and we're going to prepare for the offering. And as we do, let's just pray that we would be a people faithful with the message he has given us. God, you are so good. Your love endures forever. You revealed yourself through a group of shepherds, the most unlikely of preachers that we could think of. And yet they told your story and everyone who heard it were amazed. Lord, today, please come upon us. Give us courage and power in the right words to share you with the world. Use the money that we give back to you to help us share your good news with those here in Hong Kong, with those north of the border in China, and with those that need you all over the world. We do think of our missionary friends today from Congo to the Philippines to China uh, to many other places. Lord, be with them. Remind them that you, have, you will never leave them nor forsake them. Give them the words to share you with others in their lives. And I pray for each family member here today that we would worship you well, that we would tell each other and our friends and even our enemies that Jesus Christ is born. In your name we pray. Amen. Before we sing Go Tell It on the Mountain, I would also like to ask the children uh, who will be performing to please go to the back and uh, meet up with Auntie Twinkie to get ready, okay?
I hope that much like Joanne and the pastor that she met with, that we take any opportunity we can to tell it from the mountaintops, to tell it from the depths. Jesus Christ is born. Well, we thought, how do we make a family service connect with the kids and you know, keep them involved as the service goes on? And we wondered, what do kids really think about Christmas? So we in... in, in uh, we recruited the help of Alicia and Jessica and some youth group members to help us spend some time interviewing the kids and asking the deep, meaningful questions of life. So if you'd turn your attention to the screen, we're going to find out what our kids right here at AIC think of Christmas. What is hope?
should we tell people about Christmas? That Jesus died on the cross for us. Did you tell them that Christmas giving gifts is only like a part of it, not like the whole part. The whole point of Christmas is not just to give other people gifts about Jesus coming to earth and dying for us. Jesus Christ is his birthday. If you could ask Jesus anything, what is one thing you would want to ask? When are you coming? When are you coming back? <laughs> I see heaven. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Christmas. I mean, Christmas. 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 No, 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 just one chair. This one, this one. Yes. Oh no, he's fine. It's just stuck. Alright. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I need to show the decorator inside, so Tony wants to stop. Keep going. Keep going. Stop! Uh, a little more. Stop! Keep going. one question. Whose birthday are we celebrating today? Yeah. And we're here to sing why. Because it's his birthday and we want to what? Worship. Yes, we want to worship him. All right. Are you ready? Hallelujah! Hallelujah. 
Thank you. You may go and have a seat back with your parents. to God in the highest. Didn't they do a great job? My prayer is that as they continue to grow, they will understand what it really means to worship the Lord and that they would do it on a regular basis. Uh, let's continue to worship and adore. Thank you. 
It's my privilege and it's become a Christmas tradition uh, to have the choir, uh, our adult choir, not just our kids' choir, but our adult choir share the gifts and abilities God has given them as as we worship the Lord together. So I'm going to have Allison and the choir come on up and I'm going to turn the service over to them.
full are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings that a virgin shall conceive and unto us a son is given and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Oh, unto us a child is born. 
wonderful counselor, almighty father, prince of peace. Thank you, choir, for using the abilities God has given you to help us worship the Lord together. That was exceptional. And it's a great reminder of the treasure that we have. You see, when Jesus was born, responses varied. Some people responded by being threatened. Uh, Herod the Great, who years ago came to our church and was interviewed, and in that process, he feared that someone would take his crown, so he killed all the baby boys in Israel. Others questioned, said it couldn't be true, or they didn't know what to do with it. Still others traveled from faraway lands to investigate, to find out who this Messiah was. But there was one person in the story that we haven't mentioned today. We've talked about the angels, how they worshipped the Lord and invited us into the party. We've talked about the shepherds, how when they found out that the Messiah had been born, they committed and they went out and they told everybody. Well, the three wise men, we don't actually know if there were three, but we're not going to talk about them today. Sorry. Come back next year. But in the Luke 2 account, there's one woman that as she reflected on all these things, she treasured up all these things and pondered them into their heart. And that got me thinking a little bit. Because we know at Christmas and really all the time, we, there should be more Jesus in our lives. We should worship him all the time, right? Christmas, hopefully that sticks with you and you remember that. We know that deep down we're supposed to tell others about him. But what in the world did it mean for Mary to treasure up all these things in her heart? Well, I was thinking about it, and I thought, you know, as I looked at the word in different languages and what it meant, when Luke, the investigator that he was, chose to use the word treasured and then combined that with pondered, it meant she was thinking so deeply about it and so hard that it was to be locked inside of her and kept so that she would not forget what had happened. How amazing is that? That Luke felt it very important that for all history from then on should remember that Mary looked at that baby boy. She looked at all that was going on around her. She looked at all that God had done, and it was like she put it in a safe, not to be hidden, but to be protected and kept forever in her memory so that she could enjoy this moment forever. Interestingly, when the word treasure is used in the Bible, it's used in one of two ways for the most part. The other way takes us back to the Old Testament. When God had given somebody else a dream, God had told Joseph that famine was coming and that to get ready for the famine, the people of Egypt were need, going to need to create storehouses or in the Hebrew word they use there, treasure houses to take care of what was going to keep them alive for the seven years of famine. They were supposed to build treasure houses. And that was what was going to be protected. It was put under guard the first seven years of plenty so that nobody stole out of it, that it would come back in the years of need. 
Jesus, many eons later, tells us something similar. He tells us that where our treasure is, that's where our heart, that's where our soul, that's where our very being is as well. Uses the same basic word that was used to describe the treasure houses in the Old Testament. And when you combine these two things, we're seeing this picture that Mary was treasuring not just a memory. She was treasuring the greatest gift of all, the person of Jesus Christ that would save the world from our sins, that would show us a better way to live, and that would make a way for us to enjoy the Father forever. But Jesus knew that we humans are easily distracted. He said we can treasure all sorts of other things. We can treasure success. We want the best job. We want the most money. We want that. Or it's Christmas Day, so we're really excited about what stuff we're going to get, right? We're thinking about the things we've asked for on our Christmas lifts. We want our stuff. Or you're thinking about what your parents want for you, that you've got to get good grades. Or you're thinking about your kids wishing they would get good grades and they would study sometimes. Or you're worried this Christmas about money. And that's dominating your thoughts. You wish you had this much. Retirement is coming soon or your kids need to go to university. Whatever it is and all of a sudden it's, it's on your mind. Or we think more about our friends. And they are a gift. By the way, none of these things are bad in and of themselves. And we treasure them. But what Jesus was cautioning is how much do we treasure them? Or we think about power. I got to be the boss. It's about me. I need to be in control. Or this one. And this can be a dangerous one because it's such a blessing and it's such a great thing. But we can worry more about our family and what they think and lose sight of sharing the love of Christ with them. We prioritize them over growing together as disciples. We can even think about a couple others as I finish up. We can think about work. What kind of job do we have? Work is your identity in so many places. What do you do? I get on an airplane, and I, I fly quite a bit these days, and almost every time if someone speaks English and they realize I do as well, the first question they ask isn't my name, it's what do you do? They don't care about my name, they're going to forget. But they want to know what I do. And so if, if we've had any small talk, I'll know how I can answer, whether they're ready to hear that I, I'm a preacher or that I, I might tell it a different way, that I work for the single greatest humanitarian organization to ever be founded. And I, that's, I've stolen that from someone else, but it's good. But many of us, our identity, our treasure is in our work. Or it's in our status. What do people think of us? How many letters are before or after our name or both? Or what do others think of us? Or how popular are we with our friends? But you see, the thing about Mary is she looked around and everyone had a different opinion of what was happening. But she saw the very face of God sitting in front of her. And she treasured these things. And she pondered them in her heart, indicating that nothing mattered more than Jesus Christ. And Jesus goes on and 
Matthew 6, when he's all grown up. So you're looking at 32 years later. And he's saying where your treasure is, that's where the affections of your heart, that's what you love will be. If the thing you're thinking most about right now is the gifts, that's your treasure. If you're thinking about going back to work tomorrow, that's your treasure. And Mary reminded us by giving us a living example that Jesus Christ is the treasure this world needs more than anything else. He is to be treasured. He is to be given away. He is God with us. So as you go home today, take some time to worship the Lord as a family or by yourself. Read Luke 2, read Galatians 1, read any number of passages that talk about John 1, that talk about the greatness of God becoming man. Then tell someone, hey, did you know Christ the Lord is born today? And then finally, take a few moments to ponder. Take a few minutes to consider what's important in my life. Do I know how to, what one famous pastor used to say, do I know how to seek and savor? Or do I know how to treasure and ponder Jesus Christ? You see, hope, love, joy, peace, they're a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And what the world gets wrong about Jesus is that he's not exclusive. He is the only way, but he's invited all to come in. He's saying, my arms are open, and I want you all to be my friend. I want you all to be adopted into the family. I want you all to be with me forever. All you have to do is treasure me in your heart and believe that I am Lord. This Christmas, may we open all of our gifts, but seek none more than the gift of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up and close us in song. And while I do that, I want to invite you to ponder for a moment. What's distracted you from the greatness of Jesus this year? Kids, what keeps you from thinking about Jesus and really learning to follow him? Adults, what keeps us from chasing a right relationship with him and enjoying him? Have we ever even done that? You know, we know we're supposed to enjoy God in a relationship with him, but have we ever done that? Some of you may never have accepted Jesus as your savior, and you know there's got to be more to life. There is. There's a treasure beyond your wildest imagination, and it's found in the person of Jesus Christ. And to be saved, it starts with a simple act of saying, I need you. I cannot save myself. I believe, Jesus, you came to earth to save me from my sins, of which I am a sinner. Please forgive me. And please come into my life. For, thus have, for those of us that have lost sight of Christ being the treasure of our lives, maybe today is the day we say, I will treasure you. Lord, take my life again. I'm all yours. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the greatest gift of all, your son Jesus, who came to live, die, and be risen from the dead that we might have forever life. I thank you that our treasure doesn't have to be wrapped up in our abilities, in our status, in our control, in our talents, in anything. Our treasure is Jesus and our identity that's been given in him.
For those that have never believed in him right now, I invite you to pray. Jesus, I believe in you. Please forgive me for my sins. Save me from my sins. And become Lord of my life. And declare to him that you will follow him wherever he might lead. For those struggling today, I invite you to say, Lord, you are my treasure. Fill me with more of you. Soften me once again. Help me to ponder the things of heaven and not just the distractions of earth. And for all of us, we cry out, Christ, our Lord, is our King, our Savior, and our Messiah. Amen. Let's sing together. What a joyous...